You're listening to an audio sermon from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So family, the message that I want to share with you today is He promises to see us through. He promises to see us through. No matter what problem you are facing, no matter what it is in your life, Jesus Christ has committed himself to see us through. So life does not just happen to us. It's all about the choices and the decisions that we make. It's how we respond to every situation that will determine how we go forward during or after a challenge. So the question is, what is your situation today? So maybe turn to the person next to you and say, what is your situation? Amen. So no matter what you're passing through, as a Christian, if a test is allowed by God himself, there's no reason for us to think that we cannot rejoice. There's no reason for us to think that that test that has been allowed to us will not be there to build us up. That trial that God has placed there for us is to test us, to test our faith. But it doesn't give us any reason to doubt God in the situation. Amen? So sometimes in life it seems as if the whole world is falling around you. Everything is going. Your faith seems to hang in the balance. Just don't despair. God is there. Uh, In these challenges we know who the people of faith are, men and women of God, men and women of faith. We can then see in a challenge where someone's faith is lying and what he thinks of his God during that challenge. So when you focus upon God, every trouble is meant to advance you in the kingdom of God. It's there to advance your spiritual walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not there to impair you, but it's there to improve you. So let's see what the Word of God says in the Scripture, how we deal with these things and what we're supposed to do. What is our duty towards, you know, challenges and our faith? So let's turn in our Bibles to James 1 verse 2. So our quality of faith is not measured by our attitude towards God when things are good, but it's when things are bad that the quality of your faith is tested and measured. Amen. So James 1 verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So the testing of your faith produces promotion, and the promotion qualifies you to do more things, to take on more responsibility. Your reward, it's your reward that makes you one with the difference. So when you see your challenge and your situations through, on the other side, there is something waiting for you, an improvement, an advancement, an improvement of your character, your faith. And it's all based on what you think of Christ Jesus in any situation. So pastor teaches us, he says, I think it's A.W. Tozer that says, one can determine where a church is going if you hear what the people are saying about God and what they think about God. And even in your time of crisis, that's the time that you should be with God. All champions of faith went through tough times, but also all champions of faith knew that God was with them. We know that 
as, as children of God, accusations will come. Slandering will come. People will say things about you. But don't lose focus. If Jesus Christ lost focus, we wouldn't have been here today. Jesus Christ wasn't focused on the cross, the pain that he had to endure. He was focused upon you and me, our salvation, our deliverance, our healing. Amen? So it's that salvation that brought about these things. It's that salvation that he was worried about and focused upon. So let's not, not lose focus when someone says something about you or when the challenges are screaming against you. There's no reason for you to lose focus. In James 1 verse 5 it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, ask of God, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. So in a situation, oftentimes, as I was preparing last night, by the way, for, for this, I asked the Lord to give me wisdom in connection with something that I have to share today. And the Lord showed. The Lord showed me. When I saw the scripture, I knew I had to ask God for wisdom. So don't be shy. God is just waiting there for you to ask. And the moment that you ask, they says he gives liberally. So he gives even more sometimes than what you think you'll be able to get. So we know that Solomon, when he asked for wisdom, the Lord, you know, the Lord honored that because he didn't ask for riches. And oftentimes it's the wisdom that will see you through these situations and God will see you through. So be happy, you know, be happy when you go through a trial because you know that you don't have to doubt God. You know that you're going to the other side and God will see you through. There's no reason why God will not see you through. He saw all these spiritual champions through in the Bible. Why will he not see you through? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's no respecter of man. What he did for various warriors in the Bible, he'll do for us. So when your faith is tested, you know that promotion is coming. Amen? So even Daniel, before he went into the lion's den, when he heard that the decree was made, he didn't run away. He didn't ask for special prayer meetings. He didn't ask for intercessory prayer. What did he do? He went on his knees and he honored the Lord in that. So we're going to look at that scripture, Daniel 6 verse 10. It says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early years. He was showing constant faith. And what God returned was constant honoring of his faith. So Jesus is the only consistent thing that we have. And don't think that when you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ that troubles won't come. They'll come. And if they haven't come, they're coming. So just know that the quicker we learn to deal with challenges, the quicker we learn to deal with these tough times, the better God will equip us to see the next thing through. And God is not a God that takes you from zero and he, you know, revs you that you, you know, just blow. He says, every challenge I bring, I'll show you the way out. So every challenge will have an answer as long as you rely on the Lord to guide you, as long as you rely on the Holy Spirit to show you the way. So troubles don't come because we've done anything wrong. Life happens. So it's not always because you've done something wrong that these challenges are there. Sometimes it's just literally a test of your faith. 
And, and you know that every time, if someone designs something, a radio-controlled vehicle, an aeroplane, or a bridge, or whatever it is, um, I, I, my background is engineering, and I know some of my brothers here have that background as well, so they can directly relate to this. But when you design certain things, you build them, and before you give them, you know, like that final stress test of being in an operational environment, there are a few steps that you take your design through where you start testing your equipment. So first you started running without a load. You check the motors, you check that things are running. And when you think that's ready, then you start loading on things. And then you see if this piece of equipment can work under stress, the stress that it's been designed for. So, and the same with us. We've been designed in excellence by Jesus himself. The Lord said, I've made them according to my own image. We've been designed, we've been made in God's own image. So in that, we know what Jesus could endure. But if we want to become more like Jesus, we need to know how to handle these challenges like Jesus himself dealt with challenges. He never ran away. Jesus Christ never ran away from a single challenge. Not a single problem was too big enough for Jesus to face because he knew he had God's backing. If God has your back, there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to fear. There's no mountain that's high enough. There's no river that's deep enough. He'll take you through it. Like Pastor often says, when Jesus went into the boat with the disciples and he said, we're going to the other side. They were fearful because they saw the storm in the natural. All these things were happening, like our situations. They were, the situation was there. And Jesus took a pillow and he slept. He was calm because Jesus knew that calmness came from God. Because if God says, you're going to the other side, you're going to the other side. And that's what he tells us in the Bible. All these scriptures is God telling us, we're going to the other side. Amen? So there's no reason for us to fear. So in this world of distraction, the Bible makes us to understand, you know, that sometimes we exhaust our mental power, our physical power. You just about exhaust all the power you have, but then God's power starts manifesting in your life. And when that manifestation comes... You're able to handle all these things easily. But in your own strength and your own ability, you cannot handle it. We have to rely on someone stronger than ourselves, someone wiser, someone more able, someone more glorious. And that is Jesus Christ. So when you rely on Jesus Christ, the mountains will melt like wax. You know, the roads will become straight and smooth. So there's nothing in Christ Jesus you know, that, that we have to, you know, leave aside. So when you take Christ Jesus into your life, you're an overcomer by default. God is a majority on his own. So if we seek the one constant, which is Jesus Christ, there's no other way but to succeed. So Jesus who raised the dead is our choice. He raises the dead. There's no reason why he can't help us through our little trials and tribulations, as big as they may seem to us at a given point in time. And that's why we're here today. We're here today to build up our faith that we can understand he promises to see us through. And if God hasn't given you a word directly, 
Here is your word. There's so many promises in this Bible of where God says, I will see you through. I will be with you. Do not fear. Have faith. Amen. So this is God speaking to you. It's the word of God, the only, the only book. Amen. So if Paul and Silas could be delivered, if Daniel could be delivered, if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could be delivered, any one of us can be delivered. There's that song that we sing in the church, there's another in the fire. When times get tough, I always think there's another in the fire. You never have to worry, you're not alone. You're not going to fight this thing on your own. There's another in the fire. And um, in Psalm 91, he gives us some more some more encouragement. He says, Psalm 91 verse 14, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Many, many promises in one single verse in the Bible. You can see all those promises come through. The New Living Translation says, The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. It's all unto salvation. All the glory goes to God. But if you look at this, I will rescue them. I will honor them. So even in your situation, if you honor the Lord, the Lord will honor you in that. Amen? But the word rescue, if so, for someone to rescue someone, it needs to be a crisis. So the word rescue means there's, there's turmoil, there's trouble, there's a crisis. The end could lead to death. But God does not let you die because he says, I will rescue you. No matter your situation, I will rescue you. Amen. So if we think about calamities and troubles and turmoil, I think if we read the book of Job, we will see someone who went through a lot of trouble. Amen. And Job's attitude is a testimony that his trust was in the Lord. If you look at what happened to Job... He had nothing left, but not once, not once did he deny the Lord. Not once did he sin, not once did he say something bad to the Lord. So let's quickly look at Job 1 verse 21. This was his declaration. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. So in good times, he said, Lord, blessed be thy name. In bad times, he said, Lord, blessed be thy name. Again, consistency, because he was rooted in Christ Jesus. He was rooted in God, which equals consistency. So there was the only consistency by which he could do that was by having Christ Jesus in his life. And we know that Job was a righteous man, one of the most righteous guys in the Bible, and these things came upon him. Many years ago, I think it was 2012 or 2013, we had a men's prayer. We calculated just the value of his livestock. And I think at that time it was 35 or 40 million rand of livestock. 
But there were a lot of things that we didn't take into account. And I thought, let me, let me search it and explain to you in today's terms what Job had lost. And in that, he never once let the Lord down. So on the internet, they say, there, there are many versions, but, but the one that I saw, they said, along with impossible riches amassed from taxation and trade, the biblical ruler's fortune could have surpassed $2 trillion in today's money. The company Apple, you all know Apple, they make cell phones and computers. Um, last year, I think July or August, they got to the $2 trillion mark. So it, it's a figure that's almost too hard to comprehend. It's, I don't know, you know, to write it out will take some time. So, um, you know, Back in the day, that's how Job was, uh, you know, that was what he was in control over. But even in losing all that, not once did he curse God. His wife, if we look at the scripture, Job 2 verse 10, or actually before Job 2 verse 10, his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? She couldn't watch him suffer like he was suffering. And I, I'm sure she started, you know, doubting whether God was there, whether God was with Job or not. But in Job uh, 2 verse 10, he answers her and he says, but he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. So again, he knew that like Paul, when I have little I'm happy when I have a lot, I'm happy. If the Lord has given it to me, the Lord has taken it away. Nothing's changed. It hasn't actually changed his personal wealth because his wealth was the value of Christ Jesus in his life. So, you know, no matter what situation we go through, no matter what we lose, and I think all of us have lost things and, you know, gone through tough times and things have gone bad, but it doesn't give us the right or a reason to try to want to curse God or move away from God or blame God. God will never test you above your ability. He says that in the Word. So yes, if Job could live through that, there's no reason why we cannot live through that. So his experience is real proof that the crown of glory, which we have as Christians as well, is actually there to see you through. There's no reason why we cannot be restored. God restored Job double. So imagine, imagine having the responsibility that he had with the things that he had. Now he gets restored, he restored double. He probably had to double up on his work effort as well to maintain that. So it's not, not just easy, I think. But yes, minimum restoration in the Bible is double. So if the enemy comes and steals from you, like Pastor said last week, we must say restore. It's our duty to shout restoration back into our lives. Not fear, not doubt not cursing the Lord, but accepting that this trial is there not to impair you, but to improve you. That when we go through this, that we know we come out more victorious on the other side than what we went in. Amen? So focus. Don't lose your focus. So if we look at James 5, verse 9, um, in James 5, it teaches us not to look here. Don't, don't just look at your immediate situation. Because your situation has, it has a language. Your situation has 
words and speech, and it tells you you're going to be pulled down. You're not going to make it. You're going under. You're a failure. You're not a success. You can't make it. You don't have to go to church. You shouldn't be going to church, all these bad things. But in James 5 verse 9 says, it says, Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you become condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. So we have to endure. We have to go through it. We can't go around it. We have to go through it. In, in the university of God's kingdom, there's no double promotion. We'll write every test and we'll pass every test. But we know with the power of Christ behind us, there's no reason for us to fail tests anymore. It's when we act in our own strength, in our own ability, from our own minds, with our own will, that we fail. But when we take Jesus' guidance, he'll take us through to the other side. We're going to the other side. The boat will go there, whether we think so or not. So Satan, Satan interfered in creation. So if Satan can interfere in creation or with creation, why would he not want to interfere with all of our lives? So with your family, your children, the things that are so dear to you and so close to you, Satan will try and attack you right there with your job, with your marriage, with your relationship with Christ. Brothers and sisters, one to another, where there's unity in the church, he would want to break that unity at all costs. Amen? Don't get distracted. Keep your focus. Focus is super important. If you keep your focus, like Jesus Christ did not lose his focus, we should not lose our focus. You should say, you know what, Lord? We glory in tribulation. Because tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And the hope of God does not disappoint. Amen? We know that the hope of God does not disappoint. Uh, Derek Prince, those of you who know uh, Bible teacher Derek Prince, he said there's only one way to learn perseverance, and that's to persevere. So he makes it sound so simple, but if you think about it, how do you actually learn a skill it's by doing something so if you want to know how to persevere just start persevering you'll grow from glory to glory and strength to strength so in our love walk with christ we know that satan cannot separate us from the lord and in the word it says in romans 8 verse 37 it says yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not corona, not stories, not what people say about us, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not loss of a family member, not life, not death, nothing. He says nothing can separate us from the love of God. And that is what we have to hold on to. When you make a mistake and you repent, you know, people will still think that you've made that mistake. You've repented a long time ago. You said, Lord, I want to move on. I want to move on. I'm not camping here in the sin that I've committed. I've repented. I'll change. I'll move on. 
Like, like David, when David prayed, Lord, let your spirit not depart from me. After he sinned, he repented, and he asked the Lord, Lord, let your spirit not depart from me. So we must pray that the Holy Spirit will remain with us. Doesn't matter. Jesus died for the sins that we still have to commit, so his, his grace and mercy doesn't end today. It doesn't end when your last sin was, was repented for. It carries on into the future. He's the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. That doesn't disappear, doesn't go away. So one last scripture just to, to just uh, um, give you some more encouragement is what the Lord's, Lord said himself in Matthew 11 verse 28. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the yoke that the world brings, when Satan promises you things, it's always, always with conditions and consequences. The Lord says, no, follow me, take up my yoke. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So today, forget the challenges that you're going through. Forget what your challenge and your situation is screaming at you. Forget the language of the challenge and the situation. Take up the yoke of Jesus. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.